truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre are here with me. As you can see, Aaron and I are almost color-coded today. Hook them. Adorable. Yeah, we didn't plan it that way. If we were chicks, we'd be concerned, but we're not, so we don't care. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Our good friend Bob Vanderplotz will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour for our Monday town hall. I, I know it's a little schmaltzy, maybe. Okay. But I was I was sitting in church yesterday. And you know, you get the seasonal messages at Mother's Day and all that kind of stuff, you know. Where Mother's Day, it's like <clears throat> you don't do enough for your mom. Father's Day, it's like you guys suck and aren't doing enough. Right. <laughs> okay. And uh, yesterday was a, we had a the you know the, the traditional seasonal message about thankfulness, right? But um, it it did it did get me to thinking that yes, we are a culture at war with itself, and Aaron's going to remind us of that here in a moment with his montage, I'm sure. And and yes, we have too much debt, etc. Okay, and yes. Someone is pooping in the streets of San Francisco as we speak right now. Yes. Okay. All those things are true, but but we're still the most blessed people on earth. Maybe the most blessed people the earth has ever seen. And so I thought just for a, a, a holiday season change of pace, for our Monday town hall next hour, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, take Delilah's job away or anything like that. And you can tell I'm already uncomfortable with this because it's just not how I roll, which is exactly why we, we need to do this. We Only Nixon could go to China. We are the show that must do this. Okay, we, 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 we have to be the one because it just is so counter to how we typically roll. And I think that's what will make it, frankly, more impactful as a reminder. When we do like our, we don't talk about the overtime because that's exclusively for our subscribers, but on Fridays we do best and worst of the week. And I often struggle to come up with a worst of the week simply because th- that's like meaningful because the truth of the matter is I'm, I'm pretty blessed, man, you know, and, and I forget that most of the week until I sit down, we, we sit here on Friday afternoon trying to come up with the best and worst of the week. And that's like the most pressure I ever feel on this show all week long is coming up with what that's going to be. You know, um, that's, that's a pretty good place to be, right? Absolutely. You could be, it beats going down to my shaft, the flashlight, Indeed for goodness sakes, right? So I thought we'd set our, our town hall hour next hour aside. And I've already, you know, asked people to, to offer, um, you know, their thankfulness on our Facebook page. And we're going to open up the phone lines at 888-900-3393. Okay, and and we're gonna get gonna give you a chance in our Monday town hall to talk about what you're thankful for. First and foremost, the fact that we still have enough freedom and liberty that we we get to kvetch about the things that Aaron is about to show us happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by. 
You're fired. Defense Secretary Mark Esper has fired the Navy's top official, ending a stunning clash between President Donald Trump and top military leadership over the fate of a U.S. Navy SEAL accused of war crimes in Iraq. Esper said yesterday that he had lost confidence in Navy Secretary Richard Spencer and alleged that Spencer proposed to deal with the White House behind his back to resolve the SEAL's case. Trump has championed the matter of Navy Chief Petty Officer Eddie Gallagher, who was acquitted of murder in the stabbing death of an Islamic State militant captive, but convicted of posing with the corpse while in Iraq in 2017. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been hospitalized once again, this time seeking treatment of chills and a fever. Moving on to international news, chaos has once again erupted in Iran as protesters have taken to the street to march and riot against Ayatollah Khomeini. Iran essentially disabled internet access in the country, which only served to exacerbate tensions. More than 100 people have reportedly died thanks to clashes with Iranian police and military. Back stateside, Kamala Harris continues to plumb new depths of dumb. So for any drug where they fail to pay by our rules, and if that drug came about because of federal funding for what's called R&D, research and development, I will snatch their patent so that we will take over. And yes, we can do that. Yes, yes, we can do that. Yes, we can do that. It's what, it's the question is, do you have the will to do it? Elizabeth Warren was caught on camera saying that she sent her kids to public school. I read that your children went to private school. My children went to public school. But read that your children went to private school. My children went to public school. But learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, Warren's got binders full of public schoolers. Warren tiene carpetas llenas de estudiantes públicos. And now, super happy fun times in headlines. Outside Online says, I got a vasectomy because of climate change. Queerty says, what you stand to lose by not having sex with people with HIV. CNN says, too white, too middle class, and lacking an empathy. Extinction Rebellion has a race problem, critics say. Washington Post says, Barack Obama, conservative. The Economist tweets, having children lowers women's lifetime earnings and outcome known as the child penalty. CBS daytime talk show The Talk tweets, Children as young as six are being given compulsory self-touching lessons that will teach them about touching or stimulating their own genitals. What do you think? Moving on, during the halftime of the Harvard-Yale game this weekend, climate protesters stormed the field and engaged in a sit-in protest. 42 were charged with disorderly conduct. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf has vetoed a bill that would have made it illegal to abort a baby based on a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome. In other words, Pennsylvania's governor is totally cool with killing kids because they have Down syndrome. And finally, Tesla unveiled their new electric truck late last week. And aside from it looking like something that didn't fully render in a video game, the unveil didn't go quite as they'd planned. Sure? Yeah. Oh my f***ing god. Well, maybe that was a little too hard. <laughs> Should we try it on board? Sorry? It didn't go through. That's so that was, a, that was a plus side. Let's try the right. Try that one? Really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and that's what happened while we were away. That guy's got a lot of money, right? He's, like, supposed to be smart, right? Okay. 
smoke too much weed with Joe Rogan. Remember I said um That guy's rich, right? He's that dumb. I don't one would think they would have field tested something. I, I, I think that. I might already know. I'm, I'm not I may not struggle with worst of the week this week. I, I think I how I feel knowing that that guy's got twenty seven billion dollars more than me and he's that dumb. That's 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 how I feel. That's my worst of the week. I'm going to call it right now. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Patriot Mobile. Imagine that your mobile phone is a voting booth, and every single time you go to use it, you're voting for fake collusion stories, fake marauding rapist stories, fake global warming stories, open borders, gun confiscation, uh, kill the uh, the, the mentally disabled because we just that's too hard and we don't want them. Move on. Basically, everything that was just in Aaron's Montage. Now, that's a horrible thought, but depending on the mobile company uh, that you're using, that, that's essentially what you could be doing well, when you spend your money with them. Because a lot of these are ultra-left corporations that then take your resources and spend it against your values. And just to add insult to injury, these mobile companies like AT&T often have their quote-unquote administrative fees that they're currently getting sued over. If, if you want to have a, a transparent company that also aligns with your values, go to the only veteran-led conservative mobile phone company. It's called Patriot Mobile. No hidden fees. And for a limited time, an absolutely unbelievable deal. A free Moto Z3 when you open a new line. That's why I said free. A free Moto Z3, one of the hottest pieces of tech right now. A free Moto Z3 when you open a new line. This offer is only valid, though, through Cyber Monday. So take advantage of it right now. Switching is easy. It reliable 4G LTE nationwide service for as low as 25 bucks a month while also supporting values and causes that you believe in, as well as a free Moto Z3 when you open up a new line at patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Again, go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze, patriotmobile.com slash blaze. So let's go to the montage. And I, I, had, an, I had an epiphany while watching your rundown here, Aaron, especially the um, rapid fire segment at the end sure. of it there. And when we've talked about this uh, journalist before. He's an independent journalist named Andy No. That's correct. Yep. And uh, he has done yeoman's work exposing Antifa, for example, mm -hmm. exposing um, uh, fake hate fake crimes. Hate crimes. Yep. And I believe he himself identifies as homosexual, doesn't he? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he has done a lot of work pointing out that there is not, like you, know, you had that scene at a couple of Democrat debates ago where the thing was hijacked, you know, oh, uh, yeah. you know, trans people, black trans people are being murdered in the streets. Like this is not happening. It's all fake news. He's debunked like all of these. And, and he, he tweeted out earlier today some polling uh, data that I have shared. If you follow me on Twitter, at Steve Day Show, you can find it right there in my feed. And what it finds is that the only, only group in America that feels poorly about itself based on its racial identity are white somewhat to very affluent leftists. And it's actually, I'm looking at the graph right here, it's actually not even close. Every other racial identity ethnicity group in America has a positive self-image of that identity, well into meaning that 
it, the mean is, is positive by double figures, the favorable to unfavorable. And then there's one that doesn't look like the other. A f- somewhat affluent to very affluent white leftists have a double figure negative view of themselves. That's so surprising, Steve. It, it is. And, and I think I'm on board with something has to be done with white America. I agree. White America is going to end this country at the way things are going here. I, 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 don't, I don't know where else to point the finger. It's pretty obvious. Literally every bad idea in this country, literally every single bad one. Well, Steve, what about Obamacare? Mitt Romney had that first. Um, every bad idea in the country right now that has gone, you're laughing. This is, I, I know it's kind of funny, what we what I just did, which was, you know, one of my Ten Commandments of political warfare, reverse your opponent's premise and use it against them. But but what did I say that is not true though? Can I put a finer, you know, even finer point on Absolutely. this? Absolutely. People are gonna hear that and they're going to think, oh, Steve thinks because of the color of people's skin, that means they have bad ideas. No. It's just that bad idea most of the bad ideas come from people of what we what you just talked the, about. These these people have been completely and totally brainwashed. They're the ones that go to most of the universities. Um, I've told, they're, they're, they watch the cable news shows. Guys, I'm just telling you, I get, I see ratings. A black single mom in Atlanta, Georgia, isn't watching Don Lemon at night. I'm just telling, she's not. She's not watching that. A black family in 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 um, uh, uh, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Detroit, Michigan, isn't watching Joy Williams on a Sunday morning. There, I think that's actually when she's on. I believe I don't know, but um, I think that's when she's on. When I last time I looked at the ratings, I think that's what they said her new time slot was. She's their stapler guy at MSNBC. They just keep moving her down the hall. There, a, a black family in America is far more likely to be at a church on a Sunday morning than watching. Joy Williams or any of those shows. If you're white, you're far more likely to be watching it. If you're a white conservative, you're far more likely to be watching it. Chances are your Twitter and social media feeds, if you're into politics, have been inundated with conservative media clickbaiting you off of what Joy Williams said. And so you're you're let me you want to you want your mind blown? If you're a white conservative and you've never flipped over the television set to MSNBC in your life but you own social media accounts. I promise you are more aware of the content Joy Williams puts out there on MSNBC than the average black family in America is. I promise you that's true. They don't watch. You're more aware of what is what Whoopi Goldberg says on The View. I promise you they don't watch that. These are, these are predominantly content pieces done for white people that are somewhat to very affluent of a leftist persuasion. They're doing all of this. And they're far more likely to be at a university and worked over by this, them and their children. This is, this is where pretty much every bad idea in the country right now is emanating from here. You want to call Barack Obama the Cloward Piven president? Who were Cloward and Piven? Married, white affluent to very affluent professors at Columbia University. Same group. 
Come up with an, tell me an idea. Roe v. Wade, where'd that come from? Harry Blackman, John Paul Stevens, on the, that we didn't have, who was on the Supreme Court at that time? Same thing. Find me, find me a current idea in America. Who runs Nike and has propped up Colin Kaepernick all these years? Same people. I mean, actually, this is even more right than I thought it was when I started talking about this seven minutes ago. Because now that we're just game theorying this out, Todd, give me an idea in the country right now that has taken root. That's not a, that's a good idea. That's a bad idea that wasn't started by white people from affluent to very affluent status that I, that are leftist. Name one. Go. I can you name one? Not off the top of my. I head. cannot name one. I I I can't name one. I mean, you right now you have you have a, those those. You've got Max Kellerman on ESPN going at Stephen A. Smith. Everything short of saying you're not, you're, I'm blacker than you, <laughs> for pointing out that what Kaepernick is a grifter here. He's a, he just is his career. He realizes isn't being a symbol and a martyr, not a football player, and that he used the NFL. He has no interest in playing. He just used the NFL, to, you know, uh, to enhance the brand. And you've got Kellerman out there just not having it. That can't be. That can't be right. I have to be terrible. I, I, you know, this protest at the Harvard Yale football game, which, by the way, was an incredible football game. Like Yale came back, won it in triple overtime. They don't have lights at the stadium. Really? Yeah, because it's old school yeah. Ivy League football, man. And so they were literally playing in the dark. I mean, they, they were because of this protest. They were they were five minutes away from in like in the twenties and thirties, guys pulling up their cars and turning the headlights on. Okay, huh. and I was listening to a commentary about this this morning when I got back from the gym. I'm in the shower, so I can't instantly turn this the podcast the station I was listening to off. Otherwise, I the minute I saw where the host was going to go, I would have. But so it was I, it was a captive audience. I'm listening to John Feinstein or Feinstein. John Feinstein is arguably the greatest sports writer in American history. He's, he's up there with a Grantland Rice. He's written how many bestsellers about golf? One of the greatest sports books of all time. Season on the Brink about uh, Bobby Knight and the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, I mean, this is he's he's one of the he's undoubtedly one of the great sports writers in American history. And um, he's applauding this protest. And that, that, hey, this is where they had to go to get Harvard and Yale to pay attention to their complaints about fossil fuels. <laughs> now, John, John Feinstein's brilliant. Brilliant. I've listened to him host sports shows most of my life. I used to be, you know, I didn't, you know, go to church and stuff as a kid. I'd get up on Sunday mornings and watch the sports reporters with him and John Saunders and Mike Lupica. I've watched that almost every week when I was a kid growing up. He's brilliant. I could destroy the credibility of his argument. This is a brilliant man. I could destroy the credibility of his argument in just simply one question. John, did you take a, uh, when, when, did you take a car? Did a, did a car come and pick you up, John, to take you to your New York City studio to record that commentary? Oh, it did? You didn't, you didn't walk the four miles in Manhattan? The car took you? Okay. John, do you, did you... Turn the AC on in your studio when it's hot. Oh, really? Okay. Thank you, John. I, I, I don't need an IQ above 86. 
I can have the sort of IQ that the governor of Pennsylvania thinks it's okay to abort me because I have that. And I could destroy John Feinstein's entire commentary with highbrow language and the expansive vocabulary he has because it's not real. He's in a cult. He's, he's not critically thinking this through. He hasn't, he's, he hasn't had to answer any form of a cross-examination. So no critical thinking is happening. I'll, I promise you John Feinstein's at least as smart, if not smarter, than all three of us doing this show and most of you watching and listening to us right now. And that gap-toothed guy with, with, that was, that with, you know, with one that inbred in Indiana going after uh, Ted Cruz, uh, uh, Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs. Remember that clip, that yeah. guy? Uh, he could beat John Feinstein in this argument too because he'd ask the same questions. That's it. That's all it takes. So you, you, you had a car come and pick you up. Sedan was waiting out front of your hotel there in Manhattan to take you to the studio in New York City, was it? Huh. And, and you want to kvetch about fossil fuels. None of this is, none of this is real while being brutally real at the same time. Meaning what they're arguing, what this group of people is arguing for is not real life. They don't really believe it. It's not, it's, it's not obtain, obtainable. It cannot happen. It's not that it wouldn't, it cannot. It's, it's, an, it's, it's an alternative reality. Unfortunately, it's our reality because you will be made to care, even at the Ivy League football game, as you texted me the other day, Aaron. Yep. You, you, you must sign up for my psychosis. You must. You must love my monkey. You must polish the precious. You must. Because what, you're, what we're up against here, and this isn't, by the way, this is not new. This is the same thing that happened with the baby boom generation. Their parents fought off a depression and then fought off the Japs and the Nazis and came home and spoiled their kids, had a bunch of kids and spoiled them rotten, wanting them to live a better life than the one that they had to live through with dust bowls and, and soup kitchens and food lines. And, 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 you know, you're literally counting calories and, and rationing yourself in order to, to, you know, help fund the war effort. They wanted their kids to, to enjoy the bounty of, of what they had, what they had done as the greatest generation. And those kids went off to college in the sixties and said to themselves, this is what a terrible world this is that. They're starving people in China. By the way, they're starving because Mao is starving them. Did you know that? That's why they're starving people in China. Because Mao, who is the fulfillment of the worldview you're being taught here at, Haight-Ash- at the corner of Haight-Ashbury, he's starving them. That's why they're starving in China. He's starving them. About 25 to 40 million of them, depending on the historic estimate you look at, in his first four years in power. He's starving them. That, that's why they're starving. But hey, we got starving kids in China and my parents had a two-stall garage. Something's not right about this. And this is where white liberal guilt began. It started there with the baby boom generation. That's what wrecked them. Not even the sexual revolution. They could have come back from that. This isn't, you know, that's not the, this isn't the, we're not the first young people 
that thought when our urges were at their absolute peak, let me act out on them. You know, the old fuddy-duddy, puritanical, Judeo-Christian sexual ethics don't apply anymore. This That's not new. It's not new. Wouldn't be the first generation to say, let me, you know, let me try licentiousness. And then when I got a little bit older and realized what the cost of that was, suddenly thought, that's a bad idea. That's not, is that new in human history? Not at all. That's not new. That's not new. The problem is that generation, by and large, never came back home. But just stayed in Xanadu. Just believing, well, the world has to be this way. And if it's not, I will make it so. I'll, ma- I'll go and make me a world like that. And they raised their children, me, and their grandchildren, you, Aaron, to think like that. And they sent them to schools and colleges where this was reinforced repeatedly. And that the only reason the world is not like this is because of white people. And, that's ex- and that what they were taught was true albeit from the other side of the looking glass. All of your complaints and all of the ills and evils that you point to are because of the belief system that you are trying to force on the rest of us. It's it's not an ideology. It's a religion. It is a rival religion. And it's not even progressive, it's very regressive because this is just the old paganism. That's all that it is. So, I finally have come around. It is true. White people are the root of everything wrong with the country today. And their names are Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg. Those are just a few of the names. What you said about Kamala Harris a couple of months ago is right on. Do you know why she sucks at this? Because being a black woman, she actually had to acknowledge realities of the world to get where she's at. She actually had to overcome some like real stigmas. She had to, she had to break through some real barriers to get to the point that she's at. And the reason she sucks at this is because in her mind, you can just, you know, if there was a thought bubble, half the time she talks and half of her brain is saying, y'all just crazy, but I guess this is what we got to do. So I will go with it. That's why she sucks at it. Because she's not white and somewhat to very affluent and white. The, 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 the biggest lament she had most days growing up was not. What's my avocado toast cost? What's the tuition this month at Sidwell School for Friends? That's, that's not the world she grew up in. She had to live in some form of a reality. So yeah, Todd, I think, it, I think we can safely say white people are the root of all of this. Every bad idea in the country currently is stemming and was born from affluent to somewhat to very affluent white leftists, every last one of them. Because progressivism is cancer. Yes. And, I, and, we're, and, and those, those, those white folks we're describing are the hosts and the carriers. 
It's like they are, they're literally like the walking dead, all right? Just spreading a virus. That's what's happening. You know how we often talk about God's blessing in our lives or, or using, and we'll be talking about that as, as well here in a little while, um, or, or God using the Holy Spirit, using um, something or some circumstance in your life as well. Well, we, we talk about spirit of the age progressivism, and it is the flip side. It's the upside down of that. It is, it is not the white people. It, it, is, it is the spirit. It's the spirit of the age working through white people to accomplish everything that you've just that you've that you've just laid out if that makes sense it is the upside down version of of the holy spirit if that makes sense yes absolutely yes and when when you have who is it lecturing native americans about the washington redskins no really this is worse than you don't realize how stigmatized the stigmatization is so bad. The colonialization is so bad. You don't even realize how much you've been stigmatized. Who did that? White liberal. White leftists. Yep. Somewhat to very affluent white leftists. Every bad idea, every terrible trend, everything happening in the country that's bad has as its source the mouth of the river somewhat to very affluent white leftists. Every time. So if you're struggling, particularly this time of year, it is the most wonderful time of the year, especially for food. And no, we're not talking about Thanksgiving. Uh, Enjoy yourself. But, you know, the rest of the year. Uh, If you're struggling, get your portion sizes and your cravings under control. You know, your body was made... Uh, to crave and conserve calories because it's only been uh, a relatively recent development in human history that food was a readily available resource to the masses. All right. And so what do you do about that? Then when you decide, Hey, I've got to cut back, I've got to, you know, get healthier, start losing some weight. Well, the good thing is there's a molecule in your body. It's got a fancy name, but it's abbreviation is OEA and it has only one function we know about so far. And that is it sends the signal from the belly to the brain when you're full. And so that helps the brain then to do its thing. But think of it a little bit like when you, um, you know, just ignored a stop sign in your neighborhood so often you don't even look at it anymore. Or a speed bump that just eventually just gets leveled off because so many people just drive over it and don't care. Well, if, if you're overweight, then you've, been, you've done that to the, the signal that in your body. Your body, you've conditioned it that you don't pay attention to it anyway. So just do your own thing. And that's where Riduzone comes in. All right. All natural ingredients here. It's not loaded with chemicals, preservatives, additives, caffeine, stimulants of any kind. That's why it's FDA accepted, vegan friendly and gluten free. It's just helping your OEA with more OEA. That's all it is. It's just a boosting of that OEA so that you can get your cravings and portion sizes under control so you can know when to say when. And if you want to give it a shot, we offer a discount on a three-month supply because it takes about 90 days for uh, a new habit to form in the subconscious. All right. So for three months, we'll give you 30% off a three-month supply of Riduzone. If you use my name, Steve, as the promo code, when you go to Riduzone.com, that's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, promo code Steve, to get 30% off at Riduzone.com. It's been a while. Let's bring in our good friend, Bob Vanderplotz, world traveler, globe trotter. Uh, you've been everywhere but here the past few weeks, my friend. How are you? 
I'm doing very, very well. Uh, Israel gives their best to the Steve Day show, by the way. I'm sure they did not, but thank <laughs> yeah, you for saying that. We had a good time for two weeks in Israel, and then last week we had another meeting, but uh, glad to be back. What did you see in Israel? We saw everything. Uh, what, what's interesting, though, Steve, is we had a briefing at the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem uh, with the chief of staff, uh, REA Lystone. We had lunch with the ambassador, our delegation of 40, lunch with the ambassador, Ambassador David Friedman. We had a visit by New York Times best author, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg for lunch, and then we had a couple other really, really neat things. They're more human, secular type neat things. Not one of them made the top five of what people experienced in Israel. Mm. It was a Sea of Galilee. It was Shiloh. It was um, uh, the archaeology, the archaeological dig. It was the, so many things were just unearthing the truth of God's word. And that was just a great delegation, the people, 40 people bonded by the Holy Spirit who are looking for the truth of God's word and how this can impact them when they get back home. It was a life-changing 10 plus 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 trip. This story, I think, may have broken after you left, but just in case I'm wrong, did, did you get any vibe or read on the uh, the, the corruption uh, scandal charges, et cetera, kind of engulfing BB Netanyahu right now? No. The only thing that we got, that, that did break after we got back home. Uh, the only thing we got, though, is it's a government uh, in chaos, a government without direction right now. And there was, I mean, our buddy Joe Rosenberg told us on the show before the last election, he didn't vote for BB. Right. That he was kind of concerned about what the direction he has seen Netanyahu go and some of these charges. And, and he voted for, I guess, the best way to describe it is Israel's a John Bell Edwards version of a of an Israeli Democrat is well, basically well, well, pretty much a, a do no harm kind of guy. Yeah, and I think now though with Netanyahu's deal, it's just throwing the government more into concern. Uh, one of the big issues that that came out after we got back home, but we were told about it before we left, was there is this winery in the the Judea Samaria area, which they call now the West Bank. Mm-hmm. And this wine is a world-class, award-winning wine, I guess. And But now because they say it's made in Israel, the, the UN, the European Union are trying to make them change their label to say, no, 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 that wine is made in occupied territory. Mm. And so they actually put a lawsuit against the European Union, like you cannot do this. Uh, but the European Union came out and said, no, no. Uh, from now on, your wine's got to be disclosed as you are in occupied territory. And one of the hearts of this guy is to unearth that this is the biblical heritage, Judea and Samaria. And Shiloh was one of the best sites we attended, but that was his archaeological digs showing where Shiloh is. Hmm. Yeah, there's no history of anti-Semitism in Europe. Uh, we, have no, we, we have no zero. precedent for anything like that. So we'll just go ahead and move on. So we have spent, in the last couple of weeks since you have been here, we have spent an awful lot of time discussing one, Pete Buttigieg Buttigieg. And I'm just going to use both because I've heard it pronounced both ways. Okay? And he is certainly having his polling moment right now. Sure is. Okay? And this morning on the way in, I, I drove my suburban neighborhood. I and went up and down several streets. And it, 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 the Iowa caucuses are still a bit of ways. It's 69 days until... From today is when the Iowa caucuses take place. So it is still a tad early, but it's also a field of 20 some odd candidates that have been in our state for the majority of this year already. And 
I didn't see a lot of yard signs um, in, in my suburb. And I know my suburb well. Um, you know, it was part of the area that uh, we helped to organize for crews in the last primary. So I wouldn't say our suburb is a 50-50 uh, split like some of the other ones are nowadays. I'd say, though, it's at least 60-40, maybe 55-45. I would still say it's a lean Republican suburb, but um, there's, a, there's a growing progressive pre- presence in my suburb. It's not the, the Beaverdale area that our audience might remember that you cited, which is more of an inner, in, you know, Des Moines doesn't have an inner city, but it's more of an urban suburb where you're going to find a more progressive element in a place like that. Sure. Okay. So, um, but there's still a sizable block of people that had Obama signs in their yard and stuff the last, you know, when, when he was president, the two times he ran. I didn't see a lot of yard signs. When I saw, I counted, I went up and down probably a half dozen, if not more streets. And plus I can see other streets from the streets that I'm going down. I only saw three yard signs. Two of them were for Joe Biden. And one of them was for Joe was for Pete Buttigieg. Actually on my street is where I saw it. And that's where I got the idea to do this on the way in. Uh This just showed up over this weekend. It wasn't there on Friday when I got home from work. So... Here's, here's the question that I have for you. Do you think he peaked too, he's peaking too soon here? I really do. Uh, matter of fact, I wasn't, I don't know how many weeks ago it was on your show where I said- Three weeks ago. Yeah. A prediction, Pete Buttigieg will win the Iowa caucuses. Uh, I went through the Beaverdale neighborhood. I saw all the yard signs. I saw the ground swell. And I thought, this is what it probably felt like with Huckabee back in 2007, 2008. Here you start seeing this groundswell of support, a lot of it being organic. Huckabee gets the, the rise way at the end, and lo and behold, he is, he's your caucus winner. I thought that'd be the same with Pete Buttigieg. Now that Buttigieg has peaked, I think people are starting to look deeply into, wait a minute, but this guy can't win the White House. He can't beat Trump. I think you pointed out dismal statistics and polling with uh, African-American neighborhoods and with the hispanic he essentially has no black support while you were gone he got caught trying to confiscate or trying to contrive i should say a black support in south carolina with with fake mailers and when people went and checked the names 42 percent of the people on the list were actually white and Mm -hmm. a poll came out on friday a black brown uh candidate support poll of black and brown college students and he was these are the college students sure okay he is sitting at 7% brown Hispanic support, Hispanic college students, 2% among black college students. I saw that, Paul, and it was, it was interesting how many of the candidates were above him. Right. As a matter of fact, on CNN, I know a network you watch all the time. Uh, frequently. Uh, but yes. CNN, after that debate they just had, one of the comments said, "What I mean, they, they still were all Buttigieg fans, but they said the concern they have is the African-American support in South Bend, we, Indiana we, we, for him. Yeah, we played, by the way, the like the leading black Democrat in South Bend, Indiana, just on Friday endorsed Joe Biden. Almost as if he had, in, he specific, I'm, in fact, it's not almost, I'm sure, he specifically timed it because of what of, of the polling that's coming out in Iowa and New Hampshire on his behalf. That the, the analysis that you're talking about from CNN, we actually played an extended clip of that on our show. Because it was, it's hilarious watching two, that panel, two of them black, Van Jones, and then uh, Nia Henderson, I think is her name, 
who, who's a writer for, I think, the Washington Post. And I've, I've talked to Nia at least a dozen times over the years. I know she's smart. To, to watch them pretend like they don't know and they're just <laughs> mystified why Pete Buttigieg doesn't have more black support. We, we, we got it. We got an extra special kick out of that on the show. Yeah. Late it's kind of like there's an elephant in the room, but nobody wants to talk. Yes. About it. Yeah. Now, one of the things, the reason he's got the poll numbers, he's got the poll numbers is, is that he can sound more moderate, more reasonable, more mainstream because I'm married to a guy. Right. That same thing is coming home to roost in these African-American communities and these Hispanic communities saying uh, we're not going there. I think it's also interesting, though, just like you saw the, the, the leading African-American out of South Bend, Indiana, endorse Pete Buttigieg. No, you mean Joe Biden. Right, Joe Biden. Yeah. You also saw Tom Vilsack, our former governor of Iowa, former ag secretary, come out and endorse Joe Biden. What they're seeing is that there's a risk here that Uncle Joe is not going to get the nomination. The reason you're seeing Bloomberg come in and spending $34 million on his initial ad buy is basically saying Joe can't even find a coherent sentence together in the night yeah. with a flashlight. How in the world can he be our nominee? So Bloomberg's now coming in because of the threat of Buttigieg. All this said, and then I'll let you respond to it, the person who I now believe has got legs in Iowa that I think is going to be interesting to watch, and I don't even know how to pronounce her last name, Amy, Amy Klobuchar, 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 whatever her name, mm -hmm. but she is starting to show legs and momentum in Iowa. And I think even after the debate, several of the focus group that they had on were saying Amy's name in regards to winning the debate. She comes off as a moderate who won in Trump districts in Minnesota. I think she's one to watch right now. So, Todd, let me bring you into this conversation before I go any further. Just And you can ask a question. Just react. What do you think? Well, I'm a little disappointed that Bob's getting, given up on Mayor Pete already. I'm not giving no, up no, on him. I think he just peaked. I'm the basketball coach, and he's going, you just peaked too early. Well, it, and we talked about, I said this much last week, he, you give them more time to take you seriously, and then for so, I absolutely get it. But we have got to trust our instincts on what we just talked about before Bob came on. Progressivism is cancer. This is a religion. They're not just going to suddenly start. Oh, wait a second here. We went. That's not how. That horse has left the barn. Their relig religiosity is such they are telling you what they really, really want. It may not be Mayor Pete because Mayor Pete has to wear this all the way through. You know, he's got to have the, the broad enough shoulders to and make he didn't, he doesn't flesh have a, on it. This is where, the, again, the natural laws of politics come in. This is why it does matter that he's not a governor slash senator because he doesn't have a, a built-in base of support because based on a resume that that when this counter scrutiny starts happening and pushes back on him that kind of uh, that kind of undergirds and supports him and say hey this guy did this as governor this guy did this as a senator he's more than just a gay guy true but the fact that he doesn't have that and they already he's already leading in the two sure. states anyways just shows you how cultish this is don't disagree with any of that that variable yep. you need to be taking as seriously as any variable and it's the one i've trusted in my gut since the beginning they this is i this is uh palpatine now unleashed i am the senate yeah they, they i don't really, disagree and, and klobuchar is i agree i she she's 
she's kind of moderate levels of sanity hanging there in the wings if all this breaks up. But it has to break up. What? Look at that ridiculous spam that's uh, over and over again that Aaron put together in the montage. The things we believe in in this age, the how much they hate each other, the, the white progressives hate each other. This is what they have to do to try to get over that hate. It just reinforces itself, and it's not going anywhere. See, what, what I hear listening to you in one ear and him in the other is this is setting up as a we have this notion that they're not as divided over there they don't have the internal squabbles over there and i'm just telling you that's not true agree okay <laughs> it, now it, it's not true because everything the, the media's favorite story is dissension on the right and having been involved in many of those stories in my career all of them are true all right the, the, the right is, is, is really only at this point holding on because the Democrats have become the Communist Party. If, if the Democrats were the, were the Democratic Party, even they were in the 1980s, okay, the, the right would have broken up, would be breaking up as we speak right now. Because it's only the existential fear of, I, you mean I have to put up with uh, some creepy dude at the library flashing my kids? Uh, no, I, 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 can, I, I, can, I can get over a lot of the issues I have with John McCain, Mitt Romney, Donald Trump, etc. If that's the... If that's the if that's the cost of, 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 of my angst with them, right? Take that away and the right would have broken up already. Agreed. Though they have these issues over there. And so what I hear, what I hear in response to what you just said is what Tom Vilsack is doing. This is a classic establishment versus the base issue on the, in the Democratic Party. The problem is the Democratic Party has several bases that are all independent of each other, okay? But there is a, there, this is who is electable, who can actually defeat Donald Trump. All right, versus the zeitgeist that you're talking about. See, which, I, which is why I, I've done a 180 on this. I, I did it in real time last Friday. I'm now all in. I'm all in on Mayor Pete. I, I want this because I want, I want, I want this. I want him to make these people squirm. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I remember the address now. I know, I know, I know that that person who is across my street and four houses down, I now know that they are fine with putting me in. They're, they'll be fine with putting me in jail. When I won't bake the cake bigot. I you know me, I like having everything on the record. Mayor Pete's and that's and that's where these people are hey, Mayor Pete, you cannot you we're gonna blow up our black base, our Hispanic base. You can't do this to us. And that's why I'm all like, Oh yeah, he can. And I hope he does. Let's bring everything, bring it all out into the open as far as I'm concerned, Bob. And that's why I think with, with Todd, you're right. Their progressive agenda, their their progressive direction, that is not gonna change. With Mayor Pete, though, peaking, which I believe is too early, and I still, it would not surprise me if he won the Iowa caucuses, but with him peaking too early, there is one thing, I think Steve's right, uh, the left, the Democrats are as much divided as the right and Republicans are. The one thing that unites the Democrats is who can defeat Trump. Period. All right, this is, this, this is providential. I hate to interrupt. I, gotta, <laughs> I hate to do it, but trust me, you're going to be glad that I did. Okay. Okay. You, Gov. All right, that's CBS's polling firm, online poll methodology. National Democratic primary among LGBTQ plus voters. Elizabeth Warren, 31%. Bernie Sanders, 18%. Joe Biden, 16%. Pete Buttigieg, 14%. So why, why would he get only 14%? Because he's not uh, flamboyant enough. Yeah. He, he's not woke enough. Because he can't win. Because Because... Do you know how many LGBTQ people are in suburbs like Beaver, Beaverdale and West Des Moines? Uh, none. Not, not many. Not many. 
they're not the ones supporting Pete Buttigieg. It's the people that got worked over at the University of Iowa and at the at, at Grinnell College who grew up and, and are married probably to the same, are, are probably never going to get divorced in their lives and, and are convinced that's why I'm a terrible person. That level of self-loathing, and I need to show you that I'm not terrible because I'm going to vote for Pete Buttigieg for president of the United States, the mayor of frickin' South Bend, Indiana. All right. And meanwhile, the LGBT folks are all like, dude, we know that guy can't win. He's got no shot. He's the mayor of Podunk, Indiana. Who are they more of? Who are there more of? They're more of the people you're that. Yeah, there's more of those people. I agree. Yes, but that. But my point is, that's exactly why I'm all in on this. Let's let's do this. Let's have it all out. I'm in. So so why has Pete gotten this peak? And the reason Pete's gotten this peak because he still comes off moderate and reasonable, and it's everything that they want Joe Biden is to say and do. Pete is doing. And Pete's able to do it because I've got the woke card because I'm married to a gay guy. So now they're saying, can he actually win, though? That's why why, uh, Bloomberg, I believe, is coming in. That's why Vilsack's endorsing Biden, why this black guy's endorsing Biden, because they're saying Buttigieg cannot win. That's why I think he peaked too early, and it opens the door for an Amy Klobuchar or somebody else in that neighborhood to say, I can rise now. Good stuff, Bob. Have a good Thanksgiving, man. Good to see you guys. Good to see you again, as always. We're going to come back. It's our Monday town hall. We're going to open up the phone lines for hour number two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. 888-900-3393 is the number. Stay tuned. You are looking live at a oh. man tweeting. When you said coming back, I thought like, how about a thirty seconds? It was a really heaven forbid I get a producer that actually gives me a hey, we're on. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and then keeps the camera on me the entire time while he talks. Yeah, put it on you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, there's I I put up a, a giant green clock on this wall <laughs> over here. Appreciate all your efforts, Aaron. Thank you. Right. And I got an itch on top of that. Wow. It's a really. I think we're hosting in, the Glenn Beck show at the end of the month. In Steve's defense, he was tweeting something. So hot fire. So <laughs> there is that. <laughs> I like this ship. It's exciting. This portion of the show brought to you by CareerBuilder.com. <laughs> if you have an interest. In producing a national show here at Blaze Media, send in your resume, keyword, dace. We will have an opening here very soon. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Yes, you can send your resume there as well. All right. Uh, Also... Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. I'll be starting my own company, executiveproducersitrust.com. The name Aaron McIntyre will not, will not be on it. I regret nothing. Which actually is somewhat endearing, I have to confess. No, you yeah. trained him. Yeah, I mean, because it is like watching my own Padawan training being used against me, right? I mean, what, what do you say at this point? I mean, you're like... I'm, now just I've gone from firing the, yeah. you to well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, I've, just, I've totally done a 180 again. Yeah, just don't kill the younglings. You know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. Young guy who would have like just when he started here just wanted to touch the hem of your garment. Yes. Now he's like, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I respect that. Yes. And I, I, yeah, I'm going to give myself some of the credit for that yeah, transformation, should. as a matter of fact. Yes. Hey, real estate agents I trust.com was started because there's a lot of frustration with buying and selling a home. One of the main ones, agents who talk a good game and then when they're needed to deliver the results, they're unable to. And, and that's why this was started because it's different. Real estate agents I trust is different than other referral services because those are often about helping the agent find a client. All right. In this case, this is about finding, uh, you know, an agent worthy of having you for a client, someone whose track record of success in the, in, in the market has been proven and vetted, someone whose understanding of the market that you're buying and or selling in has been proven and vetted. And then, and someone who understands what professional courtesy means, return phone calls, messages, being on time. This is a very relational process. It's a partnership, really, between you and your agent. And so the better the rapport, the more likely it will be successful. All right. So if you want an agent that checks all three of those boxes, no matter where you live in the country, go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. So I was sitting at church yesterday. And it's the, you know, you're going to have certain messages you know are going to happen during any a given time of year, right? There's going to be a Mother's Day message, you know, we don't do enough to support our moms. There's going to be a Father's Day message, hey, you're not, dad, you're not doing enough, you suck. You know, it's going to happen in pretty much any, any evangelical church in America. They're going to have those kinds of messages, all right? Um, Thanksgiving, we're going to have a message about thankfulness. And, you know, we had a really good message about it yesterday, but it's derivative of a, of a message I've heard numerous times and pretty much every year at this time. And, but I don't know why, for some reason, it might be because we had um, a, a, a different musical act and I love the worship team at our church, but this one, we had like a Grammy award-winning uh, artist come in who's just good friends with our pastor. So he just kind of came in to see his friend and he came in with like his guitar player and it was like, you know, worship unplugged, just incredibly high quality vocal work with just a guy and his, his acoustic guitarist. And it just seemed, even though we're in this big auditorium, it just seemed so informal. Like we were just kind of sitting around like a men's retreat or something, you know? And so maybe I had my guard down uh, even more. But for whatever reason, this particular thankfulness message um, hit the spot more than the more than your typical seasonal message does, and I think it's because it's another reminder to me that yes, we are a culture at war with itself. We we had that conversation last hour. Yes, we have too much debt. Yes, we have too much of a lot of things that aren't necessarily good. We also have more blessing though than anybody else does. We, 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 we remain the most blessed people on earth. And it's not close. We, we could very well be the most blessed people in the history of the earth. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I thought it would be different today during our weekly monday town hall segment if we opened up our social media and our phone lines and i'm i'm not you know trying to give delilah or any show like that a run for its money i'm not casey Kasem here doing long distance dedications and it's certainly not our mo 
we're a bunch of guys. Our, our comfort zone is much more of what Aaron and I were just doing to each other 10 minutes ago than something like this. Okay. And that, and that though may be exactly why we should be the show to do something like it, like this, because it is out of character. And, and let's be honest for all of us, no matter how much joy we have in our lives and in our hearts, even, even the most positive person, you know, it is still out of character for us to be as thankful as we should be. This manna sucks. Yes. Yes. Okay. At, at some point, Jesus, why did this, why did it, why did it take so long? I mean, at, at some, at, there's always a point where we take something for granted. I went on my, my, the only mission trip overseas or, or out of the country. I didn't go overseas. I was out of the country in Haiti. Um, and I guess we went over a sea, uh, from Key West, Florida to get there, but it's not, you know, technically overseas, but Haiti's the poorest country in our hemisphere. I went there, um, five years ago with, uh, a, a, on a mission trip with Kevin McCullough from Salem radio network and the actor, Stephen Baldwin very, it was, uh, and there were only like four or five of us that went. And then we went uh, as a group and we went with uh, food for the poor who goes to the hardcore places man this isn't they don't take you there for photo ops you know we went to we went to places that were dangerous that were that were um just beyond a a level of suffering that's hard to contemplate and i remember coming back from there i thought to myself man i am i'm never complaining about traffic or anything like that the stuff that we are bothered by in the first world ever again and that that actually held for a while probably longer than even I thought it was going to. But as, as, as the months and years have gone on, um, I'm not, that's, that's not in my memory bank, fresh on the surface of my thought process anymore. And so I can kind of sink back into, you know, uh, old man yells at cloud and where's my avocado toast, right? And I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure about whether to do this or not. Because I don't know how you guys will react. I mean, we, we, you might think this is dumb and cheesy. I'm not doing this. But, but the final clincher for me to do this for our town hall this week is yesterday I saw a story from The Economist. And Aaron, you referenced it in your mm-hmm. montage. And it's about the child penalty and how less money women earn over the course of their lifetimes if they have children. And it was another reminder that we are not battling a political ideology here. We're battling godlessness. We're battling darkness. The, the, the primary gift a woman gets to, to, to be a part of in this world is to give life. And, and if you don't think that that's true, why is so much spent and invested in the fertility industry every year? Why do so many people feel as if my life is incomplete unless I, you know, experience this? But you know why? Because it is part of our primary function on this earth. Stop and think about the fact that 
women it, women in America have taken more advice from Oprah, Winf- Oprah Winfrey than any other person in the last 30 years in America. And here's a woman who by her own choices never was a mom and never got married. She on her own decided to forego the two most vital roles a woman can play in her lifetime, wife and mom. And yet, how many wives and moms have been consulting her as some kind of oracle for the last four decades? Even though she can't really relate to you. And it's not even her wealth. Frankly, given her wealth, she's still a very relatable person to her credit. She's still very an easy person to, to like when you hear her start talking about generic things. I don't really get it. Do you get the sense that Oprah's become some kind of elitist or anything because of her wealth? I don't get that sense. Do you? No, I agree with your sentiment, basically. No, no. she still, though, is she's a prophet of paganism. An idea that my life is to be lived really to, the, to, the, to my own means, for me. That's why pagan religions are about what you do for God. I make the sacrifices. I go on the pilgrimages. I make the donations. I had, and, and I made this God like me and approve of me. I earned it. I built that. I did it. And yet, the vast majority of women in this country have been consulting the opinions at some point in their lives and the consultations of someone who hasn't walked the road the vast majority of you will and by her own choosing hasn't done that. We're up against the old paganism. That's what this is. I sacrifice my children to, to, to Molech or, or Chemosh because Molech and Chemosh demand that I do so so that they will give me what I want in life. So my children really, only really exist for my benefit. It's what I want. They're here for me. They don't have an inherent worth on their own. Any of these arguments sound familiar to you? Mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun. And I just thought it would be something different. If we offered you a chance, we're only on the air for two days this week, then we're off for Thanksgiving. That's something to be thankful for. Is, you know, I have to produce a certain amount of of original content for the Blaze every year. And provided I do that, then the rest of the time is mine. That's a tremendous blessing. Now, it's a lot of content, but again, it beats going down a mine shaft with a flashlight, and so we get to do things like take an extra day or two off during Thanksgiving or two weeks off at Christmas, provided we meet our goals. That's something to be thankful for right there. That's extra time we all get to spend with our families and things of that nature. So I, I thought, you know, we are the people that, that talk about rights that come from God, having eternal life, Seeking a, a better purpose for why we're here and living for something other than ourselves. So maybe we should reserve some time here today. All the stuff that we're not going to talk about, fake impeachments and scandals and Trump tweets, that stuff's all going to be there tomorrow, man. And the day after that, and the day after that. Today we have an opportunity to do something a little bit different. I'm going to open up the phone lines at 888-900-3393. You can email me, steve at stevedace.com. 
That's D-E-A-C-E. I already invited a lot of uh, comments on our Facebook page, which we have received quite a few. I'll try to maybe share some of those. But um, there's, we have to confront the darkness a lot. I think this is a time, though, that, uh, that, that I think we can shine a little bit of light. So what, what are you thankful for? And we're going to open up the phone lines and our social media accounts for the rest of the show here for another 45 minutes and give you an opportunity to express that. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. You can also email me, steve at stevedace.com. Find me on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. So I didn't even ask you guys if you were okay with this. Are you okay with doing this, Tom? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Why wouldn't I be? I'm thankful through and through, aren't I? I just reek of thankfulness. Like, what are you thankful for? Oh, well. I th- the things like this weekend, we talked about the, the good and the bad on Friday. Uh, but uh, once again, getting to uh, go out and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 47 years old, ran six miles with my cross-country running daughters and a fun, you know, race where you're running up and down into creeks and riverbeds with wet shoes. And, uh, I mean, that's, yeah. My my dad, uh, when he was, I think, gosh, I think he might've been younger than I am now. He had a quadruple bypass surgery. Mm. So, and I'm still, uh, I'm plugging along all right and doing things like that. And then go, you know, getting to go take my four daughters to a movie like frozen, uh, which stunk, but you know, that's cool. Uh, and, um, you know, like those are my complaints. Um, my cup, my cup runneth over. Uh, I don't. The, 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 I'm stuck here editing because the, I could go on all day saying the mm-hmm. things I'm genuinely uh, thankful for, which is actually why I fight so hard against the things that need to be stopped. So I continue to have that long yes. list because you get in the way of that list, people. There's trouble. Yes, that's that's the correlation right there. Yeah, yeah. The reason, the reason why we do what we do here is is not because we're not thankful, but because we are. Mm-hmm. Because it's a recognition of what is at risk if we take these things yes. for granted. You know, if we coast as a people, this idea that freedom, liberty, prosperity are birthrights that are just entitled to you because you're born an American. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And um, you're always just one generation away from the from risking losing. Uh, that existential question or, or, or giving the wrong answer, right? Absolutely. I mean, the automatic pilot, it's it's busted, and, and, and thank goodness it's busted now because it's okay to put it on every once in a while, but if, mm-hmm. you, if you just go off and you be, basically become the Wally people on the ship, that's what happened. Good analogy. That's what happened. Let's go to the phones. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Let's start maybe fittingly with our good friend Susan over there in Rhode Island. Susan, welcome to The Blaze. Good You're afternoon, on gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call today. Sure. I am thankful for the most important thing. God's love, His blessing, and His grace. In my life, He has saved my corporal existence on more than one occasion. He saved my life before I was born. My mother was three and a half months pregnant with me. It was December of 1954. She was miscarrying. She was rushed to the hospital. She was placed on some newfangled drug 
called DES because no one could pronounce this thing. And I was saved and so was she. Fast forward to October 2014. I end up in a quote-unquote non-responsive, neurologically non-responsive encephalitic coma from which the doctors felt I would not recover. They did not know why I was in this coma. They couldn't find the reason. I had other illnesses that had gotten me there, but they were treating those, but I was not responding. Uh, I was rushed into the hospital on the Sunday. On the Thursday, they approached my husband, and they said, Mr. Moretti, on Saturday we have to have a meeting because we need to decide what to do with your wife because there's nothing more we can do here. My poor husband was faced with probably the darkest decision any person can make about a loved one. Friday morning, they get liver test results back. And that afternoon, now remember, I'm in a coma. I'm told all of this afterwards. There's a flurry of activity about 3 in the afternoon. I was on an 18-line pick line. What that means is you have the catheter in your arm like you do with a regular IV, but hooked up to that are 18 bags of fluid, plasma, blood, medication, antibiotics, everything they could think of. They changed all those bags out, replaced everything for the liver. Steve, I woke up on my wedding anniversary the following morning, 3 a.m. I knew exactly where I was. I knew I was in a hospital. I didn't know why I had landed in this particular situation in ICU with both arms restrained. They have to do that so you don't pull your tubes out. But there were really no ill effects. I wasn't paralyzed or anything. Though I did have to remain in the hospital for another four weeks as they operated to reconstruct my right hand. It was a bacterial infection that was eating away my right index finger and my right thumb. That had to be reconstructed. But when I woke up that morning... And my husband came flying in about an hour later, and I saw the joy on his face. He had a grin from ear to ear, and he runs in the room, and naturally he couldn't hold me like he wanted to. I still had the tube down my throat. I couldn't even speak yet because of that. And all he kept saying is, you're the most beautiful thing in the world. I love you. You're the most beautiful thing in the world. Thank God you're here. Thank God you're the... We're not demonstrative. We've been married a very long time. We're older. We're not kissy, kissy mm-hmm. face all the time or anything. <laughs> we know that we love each other. We don't have to do that. But mm-hmm. his outpouring was so intense. After that, I really came to terms with the fact that everything good in my life I could track came directly from God's influence, his grace, and his blessing. And the only time I went off the rails is when I moved away from him and went in the wrong direction. Mm. I am thankful for him. Without him, none of us are here. I wouldn't be here if he hadn't given the doctors in 1954 the ability to save my life. They weren't ready saying, they weren't standing there saying, oh, well, it's just a miscarriage, you'll have another baby. No, we're going to save this child. 
They had a different approach, a different perspective. I was life to those doctors. Same thing in October 2014. I'm 59 years old. If you read the complete live system, (laughs) I'm already past treatment. They don't even want to treat me if they get their way with Medicare for all. Right. But right. the doctors and see, now, that's the, what you just said there is I think this is important. The, the connection that you made there, Susan, and I think this is something we need to do more as a movement. You just you just made the connection that Todd made a few minutes ago. The 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 incredible testimony that you just shared and then the, the passion of conviction along with the courage of conviction that you just demonstrated there is your life and all of us in our lives have have a, it may not be as impactful of a testimony as yours or mine or anybody else's but there's but there's but there's a story in our life that that is that should demonstrate why we're so intense and passionate about conserving these values because without them where would our, we might not be alive or we might have lost our life a long time ago or the things that really matter the most to us in life. And that's where we've got to share that, I think, with this culture more. You know, I, if, if I'm listening, if, if Susan from Rhode Island comes in, if, if you said you were 59 years old, right? You come in, I'm, I'm a 14, 15, 16-year-old girl and I'm sexually active with my boyfriend and, and I'm worried I might be pregnant or I, I don't even care if I am, I'll just get an abortion. And I don't want to hear, you know, some woman who doesn't understand, you know, what my, what my urges are and the music I listen to and what they're teaching me at school and hasn't been, I don't believe has any idea and she's got, she's got white privilege or what have you, has no idea what I've been through and, and the temptations I have and now she wants to lecture me when she's made it that's easy for her all of a sudden if I hear your story and see where you've been and that you've not only walked a mile in my shoes you've walked 50 miles in these shoes before I've even gotten halfway down the road suddenly now I, 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 still, I may not still have my mind changed right away but I'm going to listen because now I understand that there, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a shared life experience. There's something driving your passion other than just some sort of philosophical exactness. And I think that's a key connection that you just made there, uh, made there, Susan. Th- God bless you. Thanks for being the first caller in today. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, okay? That, that's, that's the key right there. This is this is where this is what we need more of is the is the sharing of our stories. And I I I have not I don't know that I've given a pro-life talk in the last four or five, six years that I didn't begin with my own story, born to a 15-year-old mom who thought about aborting me, things of that nature. Why? Because we've got to remember people are people, they're not philosophical constructs. If, if, if I know that story, if, if, if I'm a young person in Rhode Island or I'm more of a secular person and maybe I'm even Phyllis's age group, am I going to be more or less inclined to, to care about why she has the, the, the beliefs she has, the principles she has? Am I going to care more or less, gentlemen, after hearing her story about, those, about what she believes? You have better odds to have it be no more. Doubt. It's not, it's still not a guarantee that you get to close the sale here. Okay. But man, you're not even open for your, the odds that you're even open for business to be heard out. And I, I, wow. 
If that story doesn't inspire you, then you're just you're just dead inside, Aaron. I mean, you're you're 26 years old. Mm-hmm. You're you're about to get you're get, you're you're engaged to get married. Mm-hmm. You work a full time job where you're you're paid fairly well. Yep. In the field that you actually studied. Yep. That's you're already rare. a rare in yep. your generation, mm-hmm. right? To hear. It, it, but if you didn't have those things, if you not earned those things, you didn't have the advantage of of, of, of parents who stayed together and loved each other, mm-hmm. and and you're off doing the things that this world says matter the most, like in your montage, hey, here's what you're missing out, not having sex with people who are HIV positive. Well, probably not becoming HIV positive would be number one. I'm not, I'm missing out on that, right? I, I mean, think about, that's that's actually a marketing campaign. Now you need to have sex with people who have AIDS. Think about that, all right? Am I, I walk into you know your college four or five years ago and just start telling you about why I believe these things and why they're superior to your beliefs. Or I start with a story, my, my own story, my own testimony that's driving my passion like Susan. Mm-hmm. You're going to listen to that. Yeah, because the next time that, that, you, that you're debating or thinking about or studying something that touches your story... Guess what you're not going to be thinking about? You're not going to be thinking about whatever you're talking about, whatever you're studying. You're not going to be thinking about that in the abstract. You're going to be thinking about somebody, my friend Steve or my acquaintance Todd or um, you know my, my friend Aaron's story. You're not just going to be thinking about the top marginal tax rate on the 1%. You get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You're going to be thinking through these things more practically. And in this country, those whom we're fighting against to conserve what has been proven to be the best for the human condition throughout history, our opponents are really good at those stories. Even if they're filled with lies, and I'm not talking about this, we should be talking about this, and we are, we're talking about sharing our stories because that is, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, it shows, one, that we are thankful to the giver of all good things and the source of all good things. But two, it, it does help. If, if we are serious about conserving those things, then we have, to put a, we have to put a face and a name and a story and a connection behind, behind the things that we're fighting to conserve, not just some abstract philosophical concept. Right. We're, 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 we are relational creatures. You've heard me say this before. We are created in the image of a God, of, of a God who in and of himself is a relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We crave relationship. That's why often the best and worst things that happen in our lives are associated with what? Our relationships. We'll come back and get to more of you who want to share what you're thankful for. Uh, Tony in Michigan, John in New Jersey, you're up next when we return here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Stay tuned. Losing your hair sucks, but did you know that the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called DHT? 
And the FDA has approved two hair treatment products that help control your DHT in order to prevent hair loss. They even re-trigger hair growth, uh, regrowth in a good percentage of guys as well. But up until now, those products were very expensive and required a doctor visit to acquire. But not anymore because Keeps will offer you the generic versions of those two FDA-approved hair products. So not only are they up to 90% effective, that's a pretty high percentage, by the way, but they're totally affordable now as well. In fact, we're going to give you a great offer. Because you can, with Keeps, save your hair without ever leaving your couch. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair with your phone, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then it's shipped discreetly to your door. So if you're tired of losing your hair, here's that special offer. A free online doctor consult and 50% off your first order. That's right, a free online doctor consult and 50% off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash why that's keeps.com slash why so what are you thankful for is our monday town hall as we open up the phone lines at 888-900-3393 that's 888-900-3393 let's go to my old home state of michigan that's where tony has been patiently waiting thanks for your patience tony go ahead welcome to the blaze yeah, Steve, Tony uh, from West Michigan here. Uh, great to talk That's to where you. I grew up, West Michigan. Yep. Where are you from in right West here. Michigan, Tony? Um, I've written you before. I'm in Hudsonville. Went to yep. okay. High School. So yep. My wife has a lot of family still in Hudsonville, in fact. Yeah. Oh, re- really? Hey, maybe yep. down my street, but we don't have Pete Buttigieg signs on our street. So. <laughs> you don't need, <laughs> Do you have any Burgesses out there in Hudsonville? Yeah, yep, the Burgess family and... Yeah, yeah, that's that. My, that that could be my, some of my wife's family, in fact. Anyway, you didn't call to discuss yeah. Hudsonville genealogy. Go ahead, no, sir. I'm sorry. No. Hey, I'm just so grateful to God for my son Ruben's life. Um, back on March 21st this past year, um, he started out uh, going to Hope College as a freshman, and we got a call from his girlfriend, like a. It was like 11.37 that night, and she's like, I don't know where Reuben is. And he said he was going out to the lake. Well, the lake here is Lake Michigan, and mm-hmm. he's going to do something stupid, she said. And my wife and I are just in tears. Uh, we called the police. An officer came over. My family lives in Holland. So my parents went out to Holland State Park, and the officers are like, any ideas where he could have went, you know? And um, just that Tuesday, because he was home for spring break that week, um, just a couple days before, he had told my wife, um, Mom, I want to take you out to South Haven to the pier. I was out there Sunday night, and the sunset was so pretty over the lake, and I just want to share it with you. And just that popped in my mind. Like It was like by 1230 now, and the officer, when he asked, and he got on his radio and went to the uh, South Haven and a police officer uh, just happened. Well, not just happened. God directed, I believe. He followed my son into the parking lot and he said, uh, hey, young man, uh, we've been looking for you. Just as he was getting out to the lake at South Haven. So my wife and I went down to South Haven Hospital and just they had taken him to the ER, the the officer did and we got him into some good counseling and Mm. uh, just a month after that he gave his life to christ so god not only saved his 
physical life, but his spiritual life. And now he's been in a discipleship group, and his faith is so extraordinary that he's just been a real witness to me in showing what God can do. Wow. Powerful, powerful. Tony, thank you for being patient and sharing that with the audience, especially, you know, I've discussed, we've got, you know, uh, mental illness issues in my own family. And particularly with the younger generation, uh, they have just been fed a lot of emptiness. And when confronted with the idea that much of what they're fed with is empty and meaningless, you know, and if you don't have that, that understanding of real meaning, that's where I think a lot of depression comes from. And this idea that maybe I don't, I don't have a value. I'm not here for any other real reason. And so therefore it's pointless. And, um, just praise God for, uh, the work that's been done on your son. And, and thank you for sharing it with our audience, man. Very inspirational. Happy Thanksgiving to you. God bless. Okay. Let's go next. You know what? Let me pause for just a second. John, I'm going to go to you. Aaron, do you think, I want to make sure I'm not getting over my skis. Do you think there's validity to what I'm saying is happening in your generation? Of course. The inability to, 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 to compute with stress, disappointment, you're, you're being fed a, a progressive worldview that says that you should be able to avoid those things. Suffering is to be avoided, it's, not to, not to, yeah. not to understand adversity, adversity, for example. Progressivism is alive in, in every generation, but to put a finer point on this, when it is so ubiquitous, of course you're going to have more um, parts per million, if you will, of this, of this instance um, that, we're, that we're talking about. So I think it definitely is a, um, a, fair, a, a fair observation. For sure. I mean, it's, it is, it is everywhere. It, it is everywhere. You look in this generation and even, even for those um, who don't, I, I mean, it's there for those who don't even um, talk about it or are not aware of it happening in their own lives. It's, it is absolutely everywhere in, in this, uh, in this culture and in, in this generation, for sure. Well, what, what else is going to happen when you've been told yeah. your whole life and everybody else that you're special, Steve, and you know inside you're not? What else? You're going to break. It's going to break one way or the other. It's going to mm. break like this, or it's going to or it's going to break like we we see all the time in the news site, where you, you will identify so deeply as the you know pagan lizard person, uh, or you you're out there at your school uh, protesting the very institutions mm -hmm. that preach this gospel you you were admitted to this place because you believe in this gospel and they believe in it too yep. yet you you're 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 going madder and madder and madder the more you're immersed in it there's no so yeah you can't that, that lie from the beginning where you just have to believe you're special because you've told it all the time that you can't help but break one way or the other let's go to john in new jersey next john welcome to the steve day show uh if you don't mind uh, sharing with us what you're thankful for this thanksgiving uh, Steve, thanks for taking my call. Longtime listener. Uh, I've been listening to you since you were on the AM 940 KXTK. I was. Oh, wow, man. Thank you. That's the uh, old Iowa and, Cubs uh, sports station from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so the reason, uh, I want to say I'm, I'm thankful for your show, but I want to tell you the story why I'm a millennial myself. I'm an older millennial. So I appreciate where, 
because uh, I'm 37, but I still get in the, get in before the cutoff line. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate what Aaron has to say. But before I get started, I need to apologize to Aaron because he blocked me on Twitter because I was sending him too many things on DMs that I thought were content for the show. And I annoyed him. Aaron, I'm it's sorry. I, I, I need to ask for your forgiveness. If you unblock yeah. me, I won't do that again. I would like to be about uh, be uh, a part of myself. Aaron, you made Aaron thankful for the block feature on Twitter, right? You made Aaron thankful for that? I'm so uncomfortable right now. The, um, the sackcloth and the ashes on air right now. Oh. So... I did. I I just wanted to apologize in person, and this was probably the only time that I could do that. So, Aaron, I apologize. I ask for your forgiveness, and I'll move forward with my story. But I'm at Jake okay. underscore. I'm sorry. So, what I'm it's thankful okay, for is a show like yours because uh, Steve, you were uh, you don't know this, but from a long distance away. Your transformation helped with my transformation because I was introduced to you with sports talk and then you went into political talk in 2006. I was at UNI and I was in the heart of being a college Republican and then I watched you starting to go after people like Mitt Romney and John McCain and I started thinking, what is this guy doing? not realizing that I had been homeschooled, that I had grown up as an evangelical Christian in North Central Iowa, and I was close to grace and mercy and thought that I was saved, but I wasn't. Went through a three-year period of brokenness where only by the grace of God, I don't have a felony on my record for what I did at a Mm. job. And uh, you and I met uh, a month before I got saved at Palmer's Deli in Des Moines. You had had some bad peanut butter. You still owe me another meal because there was, let's say, some gastrointestinal functions that had delayed you from that lunch. (laughs) Yeah. I think you can see that that happening. Uh, Yeah. uh, And you closed it by saying, there's a guy I want you to meet that's a men's minister here, and I'm going to try and organize a meeting with you guys. You followed that up by saying... Uh, if you want to get into radio, I'll help you uh, w- uh, because people have always helped me and you helped me with a tryout at KXNO. So thank you for that. But mm-hmm. you also said before you ended, you said, always know, always do the right thing, but do it with the right motives. And that stuck with me. And those right motives were not right for 27 years. A month later, I got a voicemail from my mom. I'm thankful for my mom because she has always been a righteous woman of God. She leaves me a voicemail and says, uh, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to, your pur- to his purposes. We love you. We miss you. We're praying for you. Bye-bye. And when I heard bye-bye, I lost it. I broke down for an hour in a Waterloo, Iowa census parking lot. And uh, I cried out to Jesus, got saved, finished my degree because I had been out for two years because I'd failed at UNI, got the Fs, turned to Ws, got uh, on my transcript, graduated, got on the dean's list. But then I met your friend that March, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life because here I am, 27 years old, took me 10 years to finish college, and now I'm reaping the rewards of a life that I had wasted in my 20s. 
and your friend said, don't worry about the precise where, when, how, why, when God says go, do it. A month later, there was a storm in Joplin, and I knew that the Lord was calling me to Joplin to serve the people of that community after their F5 tornado. I was there for two years, got a job doing uh, itinerant ministry with people that needed help after the storm. Two years to the day, another F5 hit, took me to Oklahoma. And I worked there for another year and a half at Samaritan's Purse. Because of that work, my uncle asked me out to Indiana to be a pastor where I was for Mm. three years. And it was because I was there in Indiana as a pastor that one night on eHarmony, I met my wife. I've been married to her now for a year and a half. That's why I'm in New Jersey, because she owns her own business here. So I'm thankful for shows like you, because to a homeschooled evangelical Christian who thought he was right, I was going down the wrong path, because Mm -hmm. I was a Rob Bell type Christian. But I was also a Republican. And then I then the the veil started to come off my eyes. And I started to see that I had listened to a lot of lies. You led me to the Truth Project. That was through you and Matt Reister, a friend we mutually know. Yeah. He was my college pastor at you. He was my college pastor at you and I. He was my landlord for 10 years. And he was the one that said, you are a young boy who can shave, or you're a young man, but you're a boy who can shave. And you need to <laughs> sack up and do what needs to be done. Otherwise, you're still going to be living above my house in this apartment, and you're going to wonder where the next 10 years went. 10 years mm-hmm. later, I got a great job. I love, I love the Lord Jesus Christ I, uh, with all my heart, but I can't stand BS like what's happening with Russell Moore or Beth Moore in the, in the Southern Baptist con- Convention. I can't stand... I've got to go in a couple of minutes, John. So can Democrat you... Party. Okay, I'll finish it. I'll finish I... it quick. Okay. In the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, because there's been so many false idols. So I'll just leave you with this. There's a story in the, in the Truth Project that you share uh, when you shared it on uh, your radio show that I thought was so... Uh, enigmatic. It was so emblematic of what's going on in the culture. Isaiah says that there's a man who takes a piece of wood, and with half of it, he makes fire, and with the other one, he carves an idol. Mm -hmm. And then he bows and worships it, and uh, Isaiah says, does this man not understand that with half he bakes food, and with the other half he worships it? Does he not understand that what is in his hand is a lie? That's what modern-day progressivism is. I always say to yes. people that I come in contact with, it's the worship of government, self, and the earth. And we need to fight it with all our might, no matter where it is. And I appreciate men like you who, from afar, have discipled me on radio. And I will forever be grateful. The next time I see you, I look forward to hugging you. Sorry, Aaron. I appreciate that, man. Thank you, John. That was tremendous. And uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I just... The story that you, your story is is why, um, why why we've always done this show the the reason and the way that we've done it because I mean that's um, 
That's the antidote to what we are up against. Sloganeering is not going to do it. Um, the partisan political model has no shot up against a spirit of the age like we are up against. And go ahead, Aaron, because I'm kind of at a loss. Go I want to I want to make an observation about the three callers that we have here. Progressivism, spirit, spirit of the age, progressivism, promises utopia, um, but delivers bondage. The three calls that we've that we've taken today, you know what the common theme is in all three of those calls? Our callers are thankful for trials in one way or the other mm-hmm. in their lives. Trials are maybe the biggest blessing of them all. Because if your heart attitude is, or working to get to, even if it's not there right now, not my will, but yours be done, you're you're going to have what amounts to as close of a utopia of your heart and peace with God as is possible east of Eden. And then this world, the, the physical blessings that we talk about, those things fade away. That's what we've, I think, witnessed here today, with at least with our callers, is that they went through trials of various kind of various stripes and came out on the other side because of God's inf- an infinite grace and through their own, uh, you know, th- through their posture, which is only of God, a posture of their heart towards seeking God's will and all of those things, they came out on the other side a more blessed person. It doesn't take the shape maybe of physical blessings, but that's what we've witnessed, I think, here in this hour. I've been, uh, as you were talking, I was... Uh, and sharing with our audience, I, I decided before we ran out of time here because we're we're about done to just start scanning through the comments on Facebook when I put this question to the audience where we went on the air, and the audience on Facebook had no idea that that Economist article was one of the final reasons I decided to do this. You know, it, it, women pay a penalty having kids; you make less money. Okay, that's the headline, and I'm reading through here, and a lot of these are comments from women, but the vast majority of people that are saying what they're thankful for are things like their faith, the relationship they have with God, the relationship they have with the spouse, the relationship they have with their children. Um, that Those things run counter to everything that we try to push back on and, and, and confront on this show. And that's why they're under attack. It's not a choice between your faith and your values and your politics. Your values and politics should be the result, the outcome of your faith. Okay? The reason I don't want you to talk about religion and politics, because they're the two most important things to probably talk about these days. John 3, 17. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. 